Along with Marcus, this is the morning KLH. And it's time to welcome our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio here in Milwaukee. Jason Wilde, good morning and happy Thanksgiving Eve. How you doing, Jason? Good morning, everyone. I'm great, thanks. Good. All right, let's talk about it. Luke Musgrave out of the hospital. Why did he have to go to the hospital? The coaches didn't even know he was injured. What happened to him? Uh, he apparently lacerated his kidney. Ooh. Wow. When he landed on the ball, uh, when he was tackled. And so, uh, yeah, that's not great. Not great at all. So he apparently, so he finished the game. Uh, now, I think Luke Musgrave is uh, establishing a very tough guy persona because earlier this season, and Matt LaFleur never does this, but he uh, sprained his ankle really badly uh I think it was in Denver. And then Matt LaFleur in the middle of the week basically said that he wasn't going to play. He's going to be out a while, which Matt LaFleur always tries to keep that kind of hidden because that way the opponent doesn't know whether a guy is going to be available or not. Mm-hmm. And so he basically ruled him out on like Wednesday. And then by uh, Sunday, there he was playing. He had a big catch. I think it was against the Vikings. So, you know, he plays through injury, which is a throwback deal. Like, that is – there's a lot of guys in this league now that they're not 100%. They're not playing. And so um, I, I, would, uh, I would say that this is taking it to an extreme of having an internal injury and finishing the game. And then finally, like, after the game, he says something to the trainer, and the trainer says, well, we should probably check that out. And the next thing you know, he's at the hospital for a lacerated kidney. I enjoyed your uh, your story about Patrick Taylor and how being called back to the Packers really upset his entire life. I mean, travel arrangements and all that stuff. You know, as fans, we don't really think, you know, we read the the name that he's coming back or he's on the practice squad or he's being elevated or whatever, but you actually delve into the whole personal aspect of somebody having to upend their lives and come back to the Packers. Yeah, for a team that kind of treated him like, uh, you know what, like mm-hmm. – so here's a guy, they, they, he, he joined them in 2020. They, I always thought they really liked him. Um, in fact, they signed him as a rookie free agent because he, the, the, he had gone to Memphis, um, University of Memphis, and they had botched a surgery on his foot, and it hadn't healed properly. And so his agent, I mean, he probably would have been like a third-round pick that year had he not had this foot injury. And so his agent sent him to Dr. Robert Anderson, um, who has done two foot surgeries on Paula, but who was one of the team doctors working at Titletown in Green Bay. And it gave the Packers a little bit of inside information about Patrick. And so they signed him, even though he couldn't play his rookie year because he was healing from this surgery. And then he played for him in 21 and 22 and, started the season on the practice squad, but got called up for three games and then was added to the roster for the Vegas game. And then they cut him. They didn't offer him a spot back on the practice squad. And he admitted he was quite frankly, pretty ticked. And then at halftime of the game on Sunday, after both Aaron Jones and Emmanuel Wilson got hurt, uh, his agent got a call from the Packers saying, Hey, we want to bring Patrick back. And Patrick said, look, it's an offer you can't refuse. 
But at the same time, he was really honest about how angry he was that they kind of kicked him to the curb the way they did. And he had the business and everything else, but he thought he was, you know, he thought he was more appreciated than that around here. But yeah, it's crazy. You know, his family was coming out. His parents were coming out to New England. He was on New England's practice squad. So they were coming out for Thanksgiving. So he had to change that flight. Then he had to change it again because he realized they were playing on Thanksgiving. So his parents were supposed to fly to Providence. Then they were supposed to fly to Detroit and they're, or to Green Bay. Then they're supposed to fly to Detroit. Now they're flying to Detroit for the game and then back to Green Bay to spend the day after Thanksgiving uh, with Patrick and his wife. But, yeah, he hadn't sold his house yet because it was only six weeks ago. All his stuff is in storage. Just a fun fun story that kind of pulls back the curtain on how, like you said, these guys are actual people. Okay, so then you take that, like, guys that might be hurt feelings or angry, and then all the injuries, how do you keep the momentum going to get another win in Detroit? Yeah, uh, I think Matt LaFleur is asking himself that same question, Doreen, Um, especially against a good team that is obviously going to be fired up on Thanksgiving. You know, I've covered my share of Thanksgiving games when I traveled for everything, and even when the Lions were bad, there was still a different kind of vibe in that stadium, um, first in the Pontiac Silverdome, which is how old I am, and then in Ford Field. Like it's a, it's a big deal for Lions fans to spend their Thanksgiving tradition, really, of you know, going to the game. Or Like Matt LaFleur said, he grew up in Michigan. He, used to, he remembers watching the Thanksgiving Lions game every year in the morning. Uh, and going to his grandma's house and watching it with the family. And so, you know, it, it's a it's a pretty intense environment, even when the Lions are bad. So imagine what it's going to be like tomorrow when the Lions are 8-2 and two and really good and the Packers are decimated with injuries. But, you know, any given Thursday, as you <laughs> might say. Um, I always think back, is what, I, I, maybe I've told you guys this story before, but one of my favorite stories was in 2002, the Packers were going... Uh, to New England. The Patriots were the reigning Super Bowl champs. Uh, Mike Sherman was the coach, and uh, they were decimated with injuries in their secondary. And they signed a guy named Bryant Westbrook, who had been a top-five pick out of Texas by the Lions. Uh, and they signed another guy named Todd Franz, who when the Packers called him, he was hanging drywall with his father-in-law, which I don't know what his relationship was his father-in-law was, but man, that does not sound like fun. I think I'd rather play in the NFL. Yeah. And both those guys ended up having to play then on Sunday against New England. Brian Westbrook had an interception playing defense for a team he didn't really know the system of, and they ended up winning against the Super Bowl champs. And so, you know, you just you just never can tell, but they're not going to have Musgrave. They're probably not going to have Dontavion Wicks, who has a concussion. Uh, they're not going to have Aaron Jones. Not, I mean, the list goes on and on. I think it's going to be a really uphill battle to keep the momentum going in this in this instance. Both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers talked about how football has become flag football in the NFL. Do you think football has gotten too soft? I heard the Tom Brady uh, clip, and I would just say this. I don't know what Aaron said, but sure, that's fine. Uh, I, I, I personally believe in player safety, and I don't think the NFL does enough, and I don't think they try hard enough. But my issue, I, I disagree with the hill those guys are choosing uh, to fight on. My issue is, you know, the NFL Players Association, in the last collective bargaining agreement, last two collective bargaining agreements, have had an opportunity 
to do some things to to really help, whether it's retired players by extending their uh, health insurance with all the issues they have from the eras that they played in, or to meaningfully change how guys get paid, all kinds of different things. And instead, they chose, hey, we want to work less in the off season, and we want easier practices during the season. Um, and I think that's what has contributed. You know, all due respect to two Hall of Famers, I, I get it; they know more than I do. But the biggest thing is, like for instance, Mike McCarthy used to have a six-week quarterback school in the offseason because the offseason program started in March and it was voluntary. But it was really good for developing young players, and all these young guys have much less offseason work that they get. They the practices are shorter today during the season and during training camp. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I would say that the more you do something the better you get at it. And if you do it less, it's going to take longer for you to get good at it. And so I would argue that that's the biggest issue with the quality of play at this point. But isn't it true that every generation thinks that the following generation no doubt. Yeah, yeah, is, you know, like I can remember back in the day, I, we were talking about this earlier, like if you would have asked Nitschke or Dick Butkus back, ask those guys what they thought the quality of football was like even 20 years ago, they would have said the game's gotten softer. And the guys from 20 years ago are saying this game is softer. And in 20 years, the same guys will say the same thing about this era. It's just a generational thing. Yeah, there, I, yes, I work with one of those guys. Like when, he goes to, when he goes to a training camp practice, and, like, seriously, though, it, that part is also true. Like, you know, when, when Tausch was a rookie, for example, in 2000, uh, I've told you guys this before in the summertime, they had 51 practices. Wow. 51. Mm. Uh, they had 13 or 16 this year. Uh, they were in pads morning and afternoon, every day for the first, like, four days of camp. Now, I'm not saying that that's smart, because it's not. But somewhere in between what they used to do 20 years ago and in 2000 and what they do now is probably a smarter place to land. But, you know, like Billy Joel said, they, Darwin, I don't know why I go to extremes, and that's what the NFL does. So when Matt LaFleur talks to you guys post-game, pre-game, whatever it might be, is he using you guys as a tool to get a message to the locker room? Uh, no doubt. Mike McCarthy would do that as well. I think it's a, it, he knows that these guys are aware of what he's saying, and he definitely uses it. Do you think yesterday's message was, I like Taylor Swift? <laughs> I just wanted to know what the message, in your opinion, what is the message for the week? Um, I think there's been a couple of things. I think you know a couple of weeks ago, he kind of, I don't want to say angrily, but certainly uh, firmly kind of put an end to the conversation about how we're, we're a young team. We've got to, you know, we, we, we're learning, we're growing. He basically said, look, we're done with these excuses. We're not talking about how young we are anymore. We've got to get it together. And I thought that was a really smart move. Um, I think his messaging for this week, because, look, everyone knows between the opponent they're playing the environment they're going to be in, and the number of injuries they have, that this is a pretty tall order. Um, and I think his messaging was kind of like, look, no excuses. Like, we've gotten – we're starting to kind of come together here. We're starting to play like we were hoping we would. Let's not use excuses for not getting it done. Now, again, he has to say that. I can sit here and go, 
uh, it's going to be pretty darn impressive if they find a way to win under these circumstances. I do not anticipate that occurring. I was just going to ask you that. I was looking at the USA Today and their experts. Nobody is picking the pack to win. And not only are they not picking them to win, they're not, their scores are not even, they're pretty lopsided in the Lions' favor. Is that what we're looking for? Well, that might be something that Matt LaFleur uses too, right? Like, oh, here, here's what everybody thinks. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to show people who you really are. And no one's giving us a chance. The only people we got are ourselves. And that that kind of us against the world mentality is usually a pretty good tool. I would predict that it's going to be a closer game than I do not think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a closer game than it was uh, on September 28th at Lambeau on another Thursday. Um, But it certainly under those conditions and given the Packers injury situation, it could get out of hand. I'm not saying it can't, but I think they're going to show some fight. I, I really do. And I think it's, you know, I think it's got potential to be a really entertaining game uh, at 11.30 tomorrow. Jason, thank you for the insight, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend with the family or as much of it as you can enjoy. I will, and same to you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right, got Take it. care. Be Take good. care. See you. Jason Wildey, our Green and Gold Insider. Co-host of Wildey and Taos, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, and brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call 866-992-1717 or mrhollandshomeservices.com. Jason Wildey part of the morning KLH.